everybody. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Glad you're here today. We welcome everyone. And uh, it's great to share this time of worship and fellowship together. And so we welcome you all. We welcome our guests, especially today. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here and hope that God is going to bless you in a very special way as we worship the Lord together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and fill them out for us. Uh, uh, just whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us, we would appreciate that. Uh, a few a few things that are coming up I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, next week is Christmas Eve, and it's one of those uh, weird uh, years where Christmas Eve falls on Sunday, and so we're going to modify our Sunday uh, time a little bit, our, our Sunday schedule a little bit. We will not be having Sunday school next Sunday morning. Instead, we're going to gather here at 9.30 at the Sunday school hour and uh, have a potluck breakfast together. It'll be like a family sharing breakfast together on Christmas Eve. So so come and, and bring whatever you want to bring uh, for potluck breakfast, and we'll just have a, a good time together. Um, so there's one potluck. Another potluck, um, which was scheduled for tomorrow, uh, our upperclassmen. I understand that uh, there's, there's a lot of sickness in that age group, and so that will be canceled. There will not be the upperclassmen um, uh, meeting potluck lunch tomorrow. Um, but also look ahead towards next week, our regular schedule for Sunday morning, and then Sunday evening we have our traditional uh, Christmas Eve service Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, and that's a, that's a very special service, one of my favorite services uh, as, as we worship the Lord and, and as we celebrate the coming of Christ on that day. So we have a lot of things coming coming up. Tis the season, isn't it? Let's have a little fun. I need some help. Volunteers, come on. Stretch it out across here, guys. There we go. Yeah, pull it, pull it straight so that everything is, is straight there. All righty. Um. We have two chains here, and uh, this is this is Advent, and today our Advent uh, emphasis is on joy, uh, specifically our joy that comes from expectation. Uh, a young expectant couple looks forward to the birth of their child with a lot of joy in their hearts, and in the same way, we look for the coming of Christ with a lot of joy in our hearts. And so today, I want to use um, that expectant joy theme to cut another link from our Unleashed Debt Reduction campaign chain. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, as you see, we have the long chain in front here, and that represents the full debt that we took on when we built this building um, uh, about 23 
years ago, I think it was. Uh, that's one point that represents one point two million dollars. Each link in that chain represents ten thousand dollars. And you may notice uh, that there, it, it, it took us over twenty years to pay half of that down. Come on, come out here. Kind of show that. This little piece of paper right here, that, that indicates... <laughs> Turn it down a little bit there, Timmy. There you go. Thank you. This paper indicates our halfway mark. And this is where we started in February of 2015 to pay down our debt. This is where we were at, at $600,000. Um, it took us over 20 years to get to here, okay? Let's pull the other chain up in front and kind of compare it. Hold it up against the chain there. From the end, there you go. This debt represents the debt, or this chain represents the debt that we still have on our building. Um, and I'm looking forward with great joy uh, to finally putting this thing to bed. At the time that we started our campaign, we started here with, with a little over, or a little under $600,000 marked right here. And bit by bit, we are making progress. This is where we are. This is where we are now. And uh, the small chain represents what we have left. And with each $10,000 that we reduce our debt, we remove another link from the chain. Now, those links are, are marked. There are numbers on them. Mark, what, which number do you have there? You have one. So, Dane, you have the you have the end of the chain. So, we want to cut another link of the chain. So, Dane, why don't you just uh, remove that last link, just tear that last link off. And I'm going to go up under here. Thank you. That means we've reduced the debt by another $10,000. Did that feel good to do that? Yeah, that felt good to do that. You remember that bumper sticker that was popular back in the 70s? If it feels good, do it. We're doing it. And if that felt good, cut another one. Thank you. We just cut link number 40 and link number 39. Our debt as of the end of, of November, as of the end of November, stands at $383,104. That's pretty amazing, folks. That means that, that we have paid over $220,000 in 21 months. And we only have 38 more links to go. So we are getting there. In 20 month, 21 months, we have paid over 36% of the debt that we had when we started this campaign. Now, I know that it's kind of been a balancing act because sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on this and, and our regular budget kind of gets thrown out of whack. And, um, and so we kind of balance things out. And some of you have taken the money that you would be putting towards this and put it towards our, our regular budget when, when it got a little tight. And I want to thank you for that. Um, I really appreciate that because it is a balancing act. Our, our budget... 
Our budgetary money looks looks better now. It's not as good as I would like for it to look, but it looks better now. And so I think it's okay for us to go ahead and, and concentrate on this for a little while. We may have to balance again later on, probably will. But I just want to thank you. I am so grateful for all of you uh, and for your generosity to help us get this thing done. Uh, we, it's all because of you. And one of these days, we're going to be down to one link. And I think it's coming, folks, pretty quickly. It's coming very quickly. And uh, But bit by bit, we are getting here. And I want to thank you for that. And I, I don't know about you. It's Advent. I am look, looking forward expectantly with a lot of joy for that day when it happens. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let us sing. That's what you do when you're you're joyful, right? Let us sing hope, peace, joy, and love.
third Sunday of Advent, proclamation and joy, as we just heard. The scripture is Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We relight the candle of hope and expectation, recalling God's promise to send a Savior. As we relight the candle of preparation and peace, remember the voice crying out in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now we light the candle of proclamation and joy. May our hearts be forever filled with the joy of his coming. Our prayer today is, Father, we are filled with joy because we have hope and peace that you have sent your Son for all that believe. Help us to be the voices that proclaim grace and truth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. talk about why there are lights on the trees. Um, one of my favorite things is to go around and look at the lights that people have. Do y'all enjoy those? Well, this last weekend, I was in a big city where they're all about the lights. We went to a, an area where the people decorate everything. But the one main event that we wanted to see was the Rockefeller tree. And it is a big tree that they cut down in a forest and bring it into New York City and they put lights on it. We had seen it during the day, but you just really couldn't see the light, so we went back in the evening. So did everybody else. <laughs> and it was dark to get to it, and we were shoulder to shoulder, and we were losing each other, and we were holding on to coattails, and we were making sure that we got there. But then we rounded the corner, and there it stood in all its majesty and its light. And there's a beauty to it. So today we're going to talk about why there are lights on a tree. It says we, we use white lights on the tree to show that Jesus is the light of the world. 
In John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. What Christmas are we holding today? Do y'all want to stand up and show us? We'll do these first. First is a trayfold. They are composed of three overlapping rings intertwined to be one. This represents the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The group two is we have fish. Jesus' first disciples were fishermen from Galilee. He told them he would make them fishers of men. And much of Jesus' ministry took place around the Sea of Galilee. And their third group is they have a dove. The descending dove is a symbol of peace, innocence, and purity. During Jesus' baptism, John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And that was found in John 1, verse 32. It says we're going to say the doxology. Okay. No? Okay. All right. So you can put that on the tree. for your coming. We are asked almost every day, are you ready for Christmas? And we talk about the house being decorated or whether or not the shopping is done and about family coming or our traveling. But God, we came today with that question still hanging. 
Are we ready for Christmas? And the answer is we want to be. We want to be ready to greet you on Christmas morning. We want to be ready to follow you into a new year. We want to be ready when you come. God, help us to remember that when we keep our eyes on you, when we love our neighbors as ourselves, when we serve you above all else, it is then that we are closer to being ready for Christmas. Bless our giving. Bless our gifts. Bless those who will receive. Thank you, God, for loving us enough to come to us. Emmanuel. Amen. reading this morning is John 1 verses 6 through 8 and verses 19 through 28. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. 
He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is a testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you, ba- are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? He let us have an answer of those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had sent him from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not, un- I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the word of the Lord.
don't you just love Christmas music? <laughs> How wonderful it is. And I, I'm one of those weird people that uh, I listen to Christmas music all year. <laughs> I, uh, I'll be working in my yard cutting the grass, and I'll put my, my iPod on shuffle, and I might hear Eric Clapton and Silent Night and one after, after the other. And, and I don't apologize for it either. <laughs> A number of years ago, just before Christmas, a music teacher named David Storch borrowed a copy of Handel's Messiah from the Brooklyn Public Library. However, for some reason, that transaction never got recorded at the library. They didn't, they didn't know that it had been checked out. And so afterwards, there were several other requests for the same score, and the library staff, unaware that it had been checked out, spent hours trying to find it in the stacks. And so when he finally returned it to the library, when he placed it up on the circulation desk, he was astonished to hear the librarian joyously and spontaneously shout out, The Messiah is here! The Messiah is here! (laughs) Well, of course, everyone in the library turned their heads uh, towards her voice, but... But sadly, a few minutes later, everybody went back to their work. It was only a paper version of the Messiah that had come to the library, not the Messiah himself. But you know, I can't help but to believe that if people had only known who this was when Jesus walked those dusty roads of Israel, a similar cry would have rung out. The Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. But only a few were blessed with that insight. The first of those was that eccentric preacher out in the wilderness that they called John the Baptizer. Now John created quite a stir with his rousing prophetic word. So much so that that some thought that John himself may have been the long-expected Messiah. But John dispelled that rumor by proclaiming that he was not. But the Pharisees pressed him on who he was and and how he fit into the whole religious scene of Israel. And so John answered by quoting from Isaiah that he was the voice of one calling in the wilderness, Make straight the way for the Lord. And then John said, I baptize with water. But there is one standing among you that you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. As we continue our preparation for the celebration of the Lord's coming on this third Sunday of Advent, I want us to focus on those important words spoken by John to the Pharisees. I baptize with water, but there is one standing among you that you do not know. Powerful words those are. There is one standing among you that you do not know. Who was this one that the world did not know? Well, it was God. God's self in human form. You remember the story of Robinson Crusoe? Crusoe was in a shipwreck. And he was all alone, stranded on an island for days and weeks, for months. 
And then finally one day, as he was walking along the beach, he noticed a footprint in the sand there. And it was not his. And immediately Robinson Crusoe knew that he was not alone on that island. Somebody else was on the island with him. Well, Pastor Ed Marquardt says that Christmas is the story of God putting God's human footprint into the Palestinian sands so that you and I will know that we are not alone on this island called Earth. There is one standing among you, says John. Jesus came to be with us. And what a history-shaking event that was. Think with me for a few moments about the difference that that coming of Christ made in our world. Let's begin right here. With the coming of Christ, the light of God's love came into this world. That's the way the Gospel of John describes the difference that Christ's coming made in the world. Uh, Nora read this just a few moments ago. In the first chapter of John, it says, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's why we light candles during this season of Advent. That's why we have lights on our trees and on our wreaths during this time of the year. We celebrate the light that has overcome the darkness. There is one standing among you, says John. My friends, when Christ came into the world, God's light of love penetrated the darkness and brought a glimmer of light into the darkest corners of our lives. That's the beautiful thing about Christmas. Because love permeates every aspect of this wonderful celebration. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Sounds kind of like a Hallmark channel. But you know, when you think about it, Sometimes it doesn't seem like Christ's coming had that much of an impact on our world. I mean, if you look around at the words and the actions of Jesus, and then you look at the words and the actions of those who claim Jesus as their Messiah, sometimes there's a big difference, isn't there? Sometimes there's a huge difference between what Jesus taught us and what we do. And if you look at the state of affairs these days, the wars that are fought with weapons and the wars that are fought with words and the hatred and the inhospitable attitude and the judgment that is spewed from the mouths of of those who claim to follow the Messiah, one might get the impression that this light of love that Jesus ushered into our world has been snuffed out. But I beg to differ. Because, my friends, this kingdom of love that that Christ came to establish, it is not fully in place yet. But we look forward with great anticipation, like a child waiting for Santa Claus. We look forward to that day to come when the light of Christ is not just a faint glimmer, but it it is a shining sun that warms and illuminates all that it touches. Come, Lord Jesus, come. 
In the meantime, though, Jesus has placed in our hands the responsibility of sharing this kingdom of love and universal acceptance where we are. And you may think, well, what can I do? And honestly, it does feel hopeless sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, there's still so much darkness in our world. But let me tell you something. Every kind word that you speak, and every good deed that you do, and every time you welcome the stranger and the marginalized, and every time you lift up someone who has been cast down, you are punching holes in the darkness. And that brings us to the second thing to be said. And that is that when Christ came into the world, a new way of living was revealed. And again, I know that that may come as a surprise to you. Because if you look around and and see the kinds of things going on in our world today, and especially if you look at the unloving, hateful, judgmental way that people treat each other and, and even Christians behave towards others. If we see that going on, you may take exception with the idea that the coming of Christ revealed a new way of living. But He did. The problem is that many of the people who called Him their Savior have not adopted this new way of living that He espoused. Let me ask you something. What is the Christian faith? What is the Christian faith? Is, it, is, it, is the Christian faith a system of belief? Or is it a way of living? And I know that in some ways it's both. But for you, which best describes your faith? Is it a system of belief? Or is it a way of living? I hope and I pray that your answer is that it's a way of living. You see, I believe that this is a truth that explains why some so-called Christians live such tepid lives. And sometimes downright mean lives. It's because for them, faith is just a belief. It's something that they believe. And I think if you believe this and you believe that and you check off these boxes about Jesus, then you win the grand prize. Life after death. They believe that Jesus lived and died and was resurrected. And they think that because they believe these things that they have their ticket punched. And they're never really, they've never really considered themselves to be one of His followers. They've never really involved themselves in seeking to make God's beloved kingdom a reality here on earth. And that's what it's all about, folks. That's why Jesus came. John the Baptist had one mission in life. And that was to prepare the world for the coming of Christ. And isn't that your mission and my mission too? Isn't it? I know that as your pastor, that should be my responsibility to stand as John the Baptist stood and to declare, I have baptized you with water, but there is one who is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. But it's not just me. 
It's not just my responsibility. It's yours as well. If you want to be counted as a follower and not just a believer. And sometimes that means a radical different way of living and thinking. It, it means turning off those natural inclinations towards, towards violence and hatred and judgmentalism and bullying and trolling on the internet. My gosh, some of the worst trolls on the internet these days call themselves Christians. And I just have to shake my head because I don't see it. Jesus came into this world to establish a new way of living for you and me. And what He proclaimed was a a radical love. Did you know that up until 173 years after the death of Christ, we have no record of any Christian being involved in an army? And you know why? It's because those early Christians radically followed the path that Christ set before them. And they were so certain that they were preparing the world for the coming of of the Prince of Peace that they didn't consider that, that there was any need for war or soldiers. My friends, there's a difference in believing that Christ once existed and trying to live for Him every day. There's a difference. One of the movies that's it's hard to miss during this time of the year, you've probably seen it several times coming up. You probably know what I'm going to talk about. It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart plays a man named George Bailey, and George is a man with dreams. He has uh, ambitious plans to see the world. He wants to get out of this tiny town of Bedford Falls and wants to make a name for himself, but fate seems to have other plans. Problems begin to pile up on him, and he's about to head off to, as he's about to head off to college, his father has a stroke, and so George has to take over the family savings and loan business. His brother came home from college with a, a new wife, and again, George's dreams were put on hold. And then George got married, but they had there was a run on the bank, and he and his bride had to use their honeymoon money to uh, bail out their business. He's even afraid that he'll be sent to jail because uh, because of some money that went missing. And so he finds himself saying, "It would be better if I had never been born." And George determines that suicide is the only option. But he was saved from this fate by an angel who gives George a chance to see what life would be like for everyone else if he had never been born. And his faith in himself and his faith in his neighbors was restored as he discovered that his simple acts of kindness... His simple attempts to punch holes in the darkness have made such a huge difference, not only in the lives of individuals, but for the whole community of Bedford Falls. And so, my friends, one of the most important questions that each of us must confront in our life today is this. Is the world a better place because we were born? 
Have we left a trail of kindness that will make a difference in people's lives? We know that that baby of Bethlehem left a legacy like that. In fact, the whole reason for this season is that His birth changed the destiny of this planet. His influence has touched every aspect of human existence. Families are better families because of Jesus. Marriages are better marriages because of Jesus. The fate of people at the bottom of society became better because of Jesus. Hospitals were built for the sick because of Jesus. Schools were established for the young. Slaves were freed because of Jesus. The struggle for economic and political and personal justice is all because He once walked the sands of Palestine. And ripples of influence from His life still continue today. And my friends, if we count ourselves as followers of Christ, they will continue through us. Because that's what the spirit of Christmas is all about. I want to close with a story that shows that kind of love poured out during this Christmas season. Um, It was a chilly night back in 1949, just a day before Christmas. Elizabeth and Herman English had an, an unusually busy day at their store. And all they cared about was getting home and getting a good night's sleep. The only thing left unsold in their store was um, one layaway package that had not been picked up. Well, the next morning, after she and Herman and their son Tom opened their presents on Christmas Day, Elizabeth was cleaning up the kitchen and, and she suddenly felt this gentle urge that she wanted to take a walk. This was a little, little bit crazy. It was cold outside, but, but she, she just couldn't shake this urge to go and take a walk. And so on this, on this cold Christmas day, she said to Herman, I'm going to take a walk. And so she headed out, and when she reached their store, she ran across two young boys, and, and they were poorly dressed. Their clothes barely, uh, barely covered them against the cold. And when they saw her, one of them said, There she is. See, I told her she would come. And Elizabeth asked, What are you boys doing here? And one of them said, We came looking for you. He said, Our little brother didn't get any Christmas presents, and we want to buy him a pair of skates. We have $3. See? And they held up those $3. With tearful eyes, Elizabeth was about to tell the boys that they didn't have any more skates. But then she remembered the layaway package. So she opened the store and picked up the package. And what do you know? It's a pair of skates. The package contained a pair of skates. And amazingly, amazingly, they fit. One of the boys offered the $3 to pay for the skates, but Elizabeth wouldn't take the money. She said, go buy yourself some, some nice gloves. And then she said to the boys, you were lucky that I came. And the older boy said, I knew you would come. And she asked, how? Because I asked Jesus to send you, he said. Elizabeth felt something tingling down her spine. It appeared that God was somehow involved in this beautiful event. I asked Jesus to send you, the boy said. 
And somehow she knew it was true. Elizabeth walked home with a warm glow in her heart. Dinner tasted a little better that night. She went to bed with great joy in her soul. But the one thing that made that Christmas really joyous was the one thing that makes every Christmas joyous. For you see, Jesus was there. And His love touched her life. I hope that Christ's love has touched your life. And I hope that you realize that just as that young boy prayed for Elizabeth to be sent to them on that Christmas day, there are others that are praying that you will be sent into their lives to make a difference with your love. When Christ came into the world, the light of God's love penetrated the darkness. And a new way of living was revealed. And so I pray that His spirit of generosity and love and universal acceptance and justice and peace, I pray that that spirit will continue to spread through you and through me until the day comes when God's love covers the entire earth like a comforter of peace and love and acceptance of all God's children. That's the spirit of Christmas. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Silent night. Holy night. 
we came this morning cold, Lord, but You have warmed our spirits. We came this morning poor, Lord, but You have enriched our souls. We came this morning hungry, Lord, but You have filled us with the bread of life. We came this morning feeling left out and abandoned, but You have embraced us in Your strong, loving arms. Now as we go, may Your fullness and Your mercy and Your love flow through us, filling the hungry, lifting the hopeless, embracing the abandoned. Go from this place warmed by the Spirit's fire and spread the heat. Amen.